from him, I saw the purpose of leadership being really, really about the well-being of people. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on today's episode of the Inspire Podcast is William Onua, and William is the Executive Vice President and Chief Audit Executive at RBC. Let me just say, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. Thanks, Bert. Thanks for, for inviting me to join you. It's my, it's my great pleasure to have you. And I know that we've got, uh, you and I got to know each other some years ago, I think when you took on the audit role. And what always stood out to me is that you're a leader who comes across as leading with purpose. Uh, and, and I know when we talked about coming on the podcast, that was really the topic that we decided to tackle. Uh, why purpose matters for leaders and how you go about developing it. So perhaps I'll just kick it over to you. And uh, before we get into your story, um, how do you define purpose and why does it matter? You're right in terms of we've come to know each other, you know, working together, you helping me to polish some of my my own communication styles, which is uh, I will forever be grateful for that. You know, at the end of the road, when you talk about leadership, the the beginning and the end, if I put it that way, is that it's all about the well-being of the people. It's all about how mm. you make people feel with or without your presence. You know, in a way, how do people feel when you're with them? How do they feel when you're not there? Mm. Is, is there a yearning for your presence or is there a sigh, thank God you're not around? <laughs> that, all, that, that all goes to... The purpose for me, therefore, when I'm looking at purpose, I look at purpose in terms of the people I work with. How mm-hmm. much of their well-being am I looking out for? How much of the what makes a person connect to you emotionally? How much of that do I look out for? Mm-hmm. How do I look for people who uh, do I look out for people's well-being in terms of not just their progress at work, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, do they want to come to work? Or when they're coming to work on their go train or driving in, they're like, ah, another day to get, you know, roasted at work. And mm-hmm. I wish I had something else I'm doing, you know. So so for me, as I define purpose for myself, and one of the things you have to find when you're looking at this is, what is your own purpose? So your own purpose has to make a difference before you can impart purpose um, in your leadership approach and mm-hmm. working with others. So I will say for me, Finding my purpose is one of the first things I uh, I always seek to to look for. Mm-hmm. When I get into any role, I ask myself, what's the purpose of this role? What is this role meant to be? Mm-hmm. So I, again, I'm aligning it to the organizational purpose. And I'm thinking, how does this work for the organization? How does this work? And I, and I, this... like, and I like just to jump in. I like that you've got yeah. your own purpose around making this impact in the lives of others and align with the organization. You don't just arrive at this 
you know, you're not born with it. So maybe let's just roll back the clock a bit in time. Tell me about your early career. Uh, you know, yeah. How did how did this how did your career start? Where did you kind of develop this expertise? Take take me way back <laughs> to, to where it <laughs> <Yeah>. all began. <clears throat> yeah. So let's 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 take some uh, let's take some walk back memory lane. So the first time I realized that there's something called purpose in what you're doing was seeing my mom making sacrifices to open up schools. And you, you couldn't get to, you couldn't have a, a logical explanation why you're having lots of people in classroom and they're not paying you anything in the private school. Right. You know, so there was just no logical explanation mm. why she would work tireless hours to do that. So, so when I started looking for work in England, I had at the back of my mind that I will not be staying in any organization that does not allow me to grow, allow me to be myself and expose myself. Uh, and be vulnerable. And so I got the opportunity to go to to the West Indies um, in Jamaica. And it's when I got there, I had the opportunity to work with a, a gentleman who really taught me about people leadership in the company. Is, and who is that? Yeah, he, he, he's, he's a gentleman by the name of Danny Williams. Mm-hmm. He, he established uh, one of the biggest financial group of companies in, in, in Jamaica and in the Caribbean. But he took the opportunity as the chairman and CEO of the, of the company, he took the opportunity to mentor me in terms of what it means to be people-oriented, what it means to, to work with people. And so from him, I saw the purpose of leadership being really, really about the well-being of people a particular memory that stays with me and continues to be like a guidepost for me was having the organization struggling at a point in time financially. And it was a choice between paying bonus to the senior executives and paying nothing to the lower income employees. And to see a man at that level being vulnerable, having a leadership meeting and asking us, we can make a choice. Whichever choice we make, he will be happy with it. But he was going to forego his own bonus. And to see that, the only reason why he was doing that is so that the people who were not leaders in the organization can have bonus. They can have an additional income. They'll be able to put something on the table for, for Christmas. That really taught me about you have to be able to make calls that sometimes are difficult. Mm. And there was, there was uh, one of the people I worked with once said, look, the one thing that is for leaders is time. And leaders often think that once you get a position, you earn the respect of being in that position. She said, no, time is the only thing that proves whether you're a leader or not, because hmm. with time, you can erode the confidence people have in you, or you can enhance the confidence people have in you. It all depends on the purpose you bring to the role. Um, one question that comes to mind is, you know, you've described purpose. There's a term that people also use, which are your values, you know, so what are the values you bring? What kind of leader you have? Can you describe for me, in your view, the difference between your purpose as a leader and the value and how you would define the values that would um, shape how you lead. 
Um, <laughs> that's a very good one, but because I think your purpose is whether or not consciously you like it is what you call the conscious decision. What comes into okay. your consciousness when you're looking for your purpose? Because what comes into your consciousness is really the value you bring. Hmm. If you if if you have a value that says I am first, mm-hmm. then that unconsciously will shape the purpose you're bringing into mm. a, a position as a leader. The purpose of leadership is to serve, and not in a subservient way, but serving in the sense that you enable others to realize their own dream. Mm. You create what I call dream catches around you. Mm. People who can catch a dream, they know what a dream looks like. They, they, they've been equipped to catch a dream and make the dream come true. But that dream that is coming true is not just a dream about you as the leader, mm-hmm. but it's about them as being part of the leadership team. One of the things that an organization, when you get into an organization and, and you see yourself as a, you know, a purpose-driven leader, is not only do you discover your own purpose, you help others to know their own purpose, but it's connecting your purpose and the organizational mm-hmm. purpose together. You, you have to be able to bring those two together. And that's why you find some people will say, I cannot work for a certain right. organization. Because you can't connect. And, and I was going to ask because you. Because you can't connect it. Yeah. Was, I, I know now you're in very much a role where it is connected, but was there a point in your career where you found you tried to bridge that connection and weren't able to? You have to ask yourself questions sometimes. But I've been fortunate to be in, in functions, so like a risk management function that gave me the opportunity to be able to question some of these things. Right. <laughs> and people right. thinking, oh yeah, he's, he's questioning it from a risk perspective. And, and so I could push back on some of those, those things that I, I consider to be a bit of a challenge for me in absorbing uh, in, in my organization or in my own way of making decisions. I mean, you know, it's an open text where mm-hmm. GE decided that the bottom 10% every year has to be, mm-hmm. you know, fired. Mm-hmm. And that was a big discussion because it, it really did not include the human thinking around it. And, and um, had the opportunity to be part of uh, a focus group that, that pushed back on that view after a while and says, sometimes these people are failing not because they're incompetent, it's because they're like a round peg in a square hole. How do we help them find the round hole where they can thrive and make and make good of, uh, you know, in terms of their, their capabilities? It doesn't mean that 100% will be successful, but it's, it's having that open-mindedness to have those sort of discussion because in the mid-90s or late 90s, it was difficult to even have that discussion because mm. it was like a separate uh, yeah. mantra that we had, which is bottom 10% must go at the end of the year. Was that part of what led you to leave GE? Oh, no, actually. I mean, GE taught me so much. I, I, I wouldn't even be, be, be able to itemize everything GE taught mm-hmm. me. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if GE hadn't taken me through their hard school of learning. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you then have to say to yourself, is this what you want to do? Okay. One of my mentors, who was a very senior GE guy, when he resigned, P 
people were in shock that mm. how could he? He's he's in line for for being the CEO. He's one of the top three people in the organization. And um, in speaking to him, he says, "Look, I have some health problem. I don't really know whether I want to continue to do it this way. Mm. It's 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 a tough job, and so I'm leaving not because." Uh, you know, we're on bad terms with the organization. I'm leaving to go to a smaller organization where I have less interaction with the analyst, but at least I have a holistic um, accountability for the entire organization. So his, his purpose was to have a much more um, full arms around the organization. Right. To hear <laughs> him break down why he wanted to, to move on again, gave me the confidence to rethink, you know, how much more do I want to, to be right. growing? And to find alignment between your purpose and an organization. And, and I know from our work together and from talking to you, you have that now. So, you know, maybe we'll let you shift a little bit to, okay, you've, you've found a place where you, your purpose and the organization align, then the real work begins. And, I want to come back to the concept of servant leadership that you referenced earlier, which I know is near and dear to your heart as really the vehicle through which you achieve the purpose. Talk to me a little bit about how you define that servant leadership. What does it mean to you? The way I look at servant leadership is what I call the the ability to be able to share influence within the organization without attributing it all to yourself. So let me unpack that a little bit more. Please. So a, a, a servant leadership is one that believes that, one, people are the essence, the centrality of your leadership is people. And that centrality of people, uh, the, the centrality that people represents is what makes you come to the conclusion that you're really serving a lot of people. So I look, by, I look at myself today as serving all my global staff in terms of providing them with opportunity to grow in terms of enabling them to have a satisfying career as much as possible. I owe them the the communication that is required. Mm -hmm. I owe them the information they need to do their work. Um, I owe them the opportunity to be able to speak Mm -hmm. up for what they believe in without feeling, well, I'm going to get clubbered if I speak up or, Mm -hmm. You know, I I fear if I speak up, my career is ended. I owe them the opportunity to create that environment. That's, you know, and I use the word very deliberately that I owe them. That's Hmm. what I owe them as the leader. And for me, when I look at it as being a a servant leadership, that's why I say it's not about being subservient. It's about saying, what do I do to ensure two to three things for the people we work together? What? in terms of ensuring mm-hmm. that they can they can grow they can realize their self actualization can be can be done too to be able to help them understand the direction the organization is going and align their own vision with the organization how do i help them to align it mm-hmm. how do i provide them with information that is pertinent and relevant for them to be able to do what they mm-hmm. need to do and and then finally to be able to make sure that when they look at themselves at the end of the day, do they see the person they want to be or do they mm-hmm. see 
a corporate robot. Hmm. One that speaks what the corporation wants you to speak about. But but in the in the in the recesses of your room or in the quiet space of your room, you don't believe in any of those things. Hmm. So that's you, you you sharing this because I would say it's probably the secret to your success why you've you've achieved so much and ascended to such a senior role because it's not kind of traditional for executives to talk like this, right? You know, they you think more about. I'm saying, this is what you have to deliver. You're in my organization. We have to produce the following results. I mean, it's really almost like an inversion of that way of thinking when you're saying what you owe. And the question I have for you is, when you took on the role in audit um, and started to share this kind of thinking, did people kind of look at you and say, is he for real? (laughs) You know, is this is this genuine? I mean, I wonder, tell me about that experience if people were not used to yeah. hearing this kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, when I came on board and <clears throat> my communicate, the first person I wanted to have on, on board with me was a communications person, someone that knows how to communicate, someone that knows mm-hmm. how to articulate the things we're saying. And one of the things we started with was, you know, hashtag you know, use your voice. Hmm. That was, that was my, my very first meeting was hashtag use your voice. And at my very first town hall meeting, I said, look guys, the days when people can hide is gone. I know many of you have gone to Google, you've gone to LinkedIn to look at who I am, what I do and what I, where I have been. So, so let's just take all that <laughs> off the table because you've already done the research, right? right. And so, so I said, so why don't we come back to saying hashtag use your voice? And it's amazing to hear people actually using their voice. But to, you're right. The, the, the first reaction was, what is this? Is this another trick to get <laughs> us to commit ourselves? Who is this guy? This guy has lost his marbles. Who talks like that? <laughs> How do you use your voice? But, but you know, and I think, like we said earlier on, time, time is really what measures the intent of your heart. If, if, if you've done that for for just a short period of time to get to where you want to get to, people can see through it, right? But if it's mm-hmm. if it's part of the way you want, the way you you manage, the way you see yourself, then people will will gradually come in and say, "Whoa, okay, so this is for real." So now let's really let's give it to him. Let's dish it out mm-hmm. for him. And you know, people are sending me emails and say, "You really want to know what's going on? Just let let's get together and we can talk. Let mm-hmm. me know when I can come and see you." So. So you're right. I mean, people kind of worry about what is it that you're really talking about. But I I want to make sure that there's a distinction, though, that the fact that you are a servant leader does not negate your being able to to carry out transformation, does not negate your ability to deliver. It's bringing, it's, it's finding a nexus between the two. And the nexus between transformation and servant leadership is, is, is one that has to be balanced. You, you have to balance it. And the way you do that is by ensuring that you always have a, a positive combination of influence styles. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how do you influence people? And when you influence people, are you genuine in terms of how you're trying to influence people? Mm-hmm. Because people... Yeah, we may not want to give credit to people. People know when you're actually just trying to use them as a pawn in a chess game. Right. 
you know, right. versus you're genuinely interested in who they are or what they are going through. So the two can still coexist in that mm-hmm. you're a servant leader, but you also talk about transformation and that's where communication comes in. Right. So yeah, let's delve into that because I think it's to your point, it's easy to come to start and, and preach about servant leadership and then your actions speak otherwise. So let's tackle transformation and let's take something that's incredibly difficult for any lay- any leader, which is doing layoffs or downsizing the organization or restructuring the way that results in job loss. Have, have you done that, had to do that? And if so, how have you reconciled that difficult choice with your servant leadership commitment to providing people with meaningful employment, which on the surface would seem to be a contradiction? Absolutely. And I, and I think this is where uh, one of the lessons that I learned very early on in my career, like we're talking about is, if people are the central point of your leadership, if the well-being of people are the central of your leadership, there is a point in which you have to know, regardless of what you do, the dignity of an individual is sacrosanct. Hmm. So even if I have to give you bad news, my first obligation as a servant leader is ensuring that your dignity as a person is intact. Remember, we we're joking mm. say earlier on that says, how do people feel when you're around or when you're not around? Mm-hmm. So what's, how do people feel when you've had a difficult discussion with them? There are times when, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to give a message. And mm-hmm. I have given tough message. And how would you feel in their shoes? Mm-hmm. It's something that you you need to be able to talk about when they ask you. But it's, it's also the whole process of delivering that message has to be well thought out. And once you finish thinking it out, you have to go in ensuring that their dignity is kept intact. Mm. These are some of the corporate decisions that you have to work with. And this mm-hmm. is what I meant by, you know, how do you reconcile yourself to the organizational values? Right. So that you and, can stand behind it. And, and as you said, if you're having to do kind of juggle it in your mind, then you're probably not in the right organization. But even when right. you are in the right one, there is this kind of um, need to be thoughtful and purposeful about how you align the two. Yeah, uh, servant leadership is not one that is like a paternalistic um, right. approach. It is understanding that there will be tough decisions. And when those tough decisions have been made, the question is, have you sorted out yourself, first of all, and how are you then mm-hmm. positioning yourself to communicate it? What I'm taking away is this importance of purpose, you know, finding your own purpose, but also understanding the purpose of the organization so you can see if there's a fit and then really developing your, your tools and philosophy. I wonder what advice you'd give to people listening who maybe haven't found that purpose yet, whether they're just starting their career or maybe, you know, they've been for 20 years in their career and saying, you know, what, what do I settle on? What advice would you give to people about defining purpose and how to go about it at this point? The way I will say to people, whatever I say to anyone is, but don't be in a hurry to define your purpose. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, I have to define my purpose. I have to define my purpose take a memory lane um, journey and pick up those key moments in your journey 
the ones that influence you or that that impacted you negatively or the one that impacted you positively take out of it to say on the negative side if you were in the person in the other person's shoes what would you have done differently and why would you have done it differently mm-hmm. and then on the things that impacted you positively what did you do or what what happened was it was it an interaction if it was an interaction ask yourself why did that interaction leave you with such a positive taste in your mouth mm. and then start to think through as you go on is what i call i call it a portfolio of experience and as you gather those portfolios of experience what you find is that a pattern starts to emerge and the pattern that emerges is what informs your purpose in life Hmm. and and from a leadership point of view once that purpose starts starts to emerge in your in your view and in your vision write it down sometimes you need to write it down sometimes you need to articulate it for yourself how will you describe it to somebody else but the one thing i i, I said to people is do not be in a hurry to hmm. say i have a purpose and this is my purpose because then it becomes very hollow Right. Because all you're just trying to do is, you know, shout from the rooftop, I have a, I have a purpose, <laughs> you know. So, so be, but once you have a purpose, it be, you know, people will see it in you. You don't need to say it. People will see it in you, right? And when they see it in you, it's better they see it in you than hearing you talk about it all the time. Uh, but people will see it in you, the way you comport yourself, the way you carry yourself. Mm. Does it mean that you will never make a mistake? No. Does it mean that you're on... on angel's wings absolutely not it simply means that you know when you've blown it you can accept you've blown it mm-hmm. and you have no problem apologizing for blowing it right well i think that's really good advice in terms of don't rush be intentional and then don't broadcast it you know it reminds yeah. me of one of my favorite authors ben horowitz in silicon valley venture capitalist and he his most recent book is uh, who you are is what you do I, I'm, I'm getting the title right, but I think to your point, your purpose isn't something you should be blathering on about. It's what, how you act, and that's what will be the true test of how people uh, feel, as you said at the beginning, how people feel about you. That's right. That's right. Well, and clearly, you're you're someone uh, who has true purpose, and and I appreciate you taking the time to come on the Inspire podcast and talk about its importance to you, how it shaped you, and uh, some good lessons for others. So. I appreciate it, William. Thank you. Thank you, Bad, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of uh, this broadcast. Like you call it, it, it's really inspiring to be able to to listen to some of the people who have been here and uh, hear their views and what they've been saying. And I know others will others will feel the same about you. So thank you for taking the time. Uh, I'm leaving inspired, and uh, I wish you continued success uh, in your career. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, William Onua and uh, his clarity around what it takes to really develop your sense of purpose and how that can shape every leadership interaction you have. He's someone who uh, just uh, has developed such respect from people in uh, in his team and more broadly because I believe of that uh, authentic approach to leading. So lots good to take away there. Uh, next time on the Inspire Podcast, I hope you join me for a conversation with Laura Sukorokov. And Laura has written a book about what employees 
would tell their manager if they could. Uh, and so it's all the reasons why, you know, what people have said in exit interviews about why they left. And she's kind of collected that and shared it with uh, her readers and with you, our listeners, so that you can understand what it takes today to keep your staff engaged and inspired. So look forward to having you the next time on Inspire Podcast. If you haven't already, take a moment, rate, review uh, the pod. It helps people find it. And uh, I always appreciate it. So look forward to having you back next time.